The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Dr. Drayvon James and this is Everyday Peace. And I am so super excited to be here with you today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. My goodness, I want you just to reflect on that just for a quick moment. Just let that reside in you. You, whole, complete, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Right where you are in the midst of whatever appears to be going on, you have this power, the power of peace right now. And I'm here to tell you that, yes, everyday peace is possible. Yes, you deserve everyday peace. Yes, you can have everyday peace. We work together on this show to bring you the talks and the guest to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And as our regular listeners know, our 2021 anthem is, what are we waiting for? Today, to spend some time exploring two things that actually get in the way of our progress and cause us to be in this space of limbo and and kind of stalled out, that kind of keep us in the same place. The first topic we're going to be discussing today is this feeling of being overwhelmed, burnout, and our wonderful guest, Cindy Dale, who is going to give us some uh, tips and ways to rejuvenate ourselves. It's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. I know she and I were just saying before, before we came on the air that this is, there probably is no better time than now to talk about burnout, right? As we're feeling that. So I'm super excited for that. And our second topic today is going to be fear. And we're going to have an in-depth discussion of the impact of fear on our path to reaching our next level of greatness. I'm really looking forward to leading this discussion in the second half of our show. So we we got some great information. Um, and you may want to grab a pen and a paper and just really um, probably call a friend. This is going to be a great show that's going to be packed with youth, youth, um, useful information that you can take into your into your everyday life immediately. Now. If you want to go back and re-listen to any of our past outstanding shows, you can access our entire library of shows by subscribing to the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Or you can listen to them on unityonlineradio.org. Another access our content is at our brand new website, drdravonjames.com. The website includes transcripts uh, from past shows, words of wisdom and encouragement, excerpts from my book, Freedom is Your Birthright, contact information. You can find out how you can um, have me at your next event or what event I'm going to be at. You can get um, our free our free course uh, on passion and creating clarity on your path to creating your dream life. 
we will be launching a new free course which will be accessed on that channel on that website as well again the address is drdravonjames.com i encourage you to bookmark it so you can go there frequently as the site does update frequently so that brings us to our everyday peace moment and I'm sure you've noticed, even in Minnesota and everywhere around the world, that spring has flown by so quickly and summer is right around the corner. Young minds across the country are preparing for graduation, whether it's college, high school, junior high, elementary school. We take this time to recognize our children's achievements, growth, and the transition to a new phase on their journey to adulthood. This is a wonderful time of reflection, celebration, taking pride, camaraderie with family and friends. And as you think about the joy of graduation, wouldn't it be great if we had graduation ceremonies throughout our lives? I mean, why should we have to wait till we're just exiting school? Learning and self-reflection and self-improvement are part of our daily lives. And as everyday peacemakers know, we're constantly evolving and challenging ourselves to our next level of greatness. These opportunities every day, there's opportunities every day to celebrate your own success and your own growth because every day we have the opportunity to graduate to our next level of greatness. So give yourself the gift of a celebration sometimes. You deserve it. Recognize your the path that you've traveled on and, and the direction that you're going and that you're still heading in that direction. So I want to encourage and congratulate everyone who is graduating or someone close to them graduating this year. My heart is um, full of happiness and joy as my son Miles is graduating from high school and moving on to college. I'm super proud of him and love him so very much. And, um, you know, for all the graduates, I feel that in my heart as they, as they embark into this next season of life, my heart is just so open and full of love. So that is our everyday peace moment. Remember, celebrate you as you graduate on a daily basis. So our first guest today, Cindy Dale, is a master healer and author, speaker and personal coach. After and Cindy advocates for several techniques to tap into the energy of nature to rejuvenate ourselves. And after a year of COVID, burnout is most definitely on the rise in every corner of society. Teachers, doctors, nurses, parents, workers, uh, pharmacists, I gotta throw that in there, even children are feeling depleted and exhausted. So again, Master Energy Healer Cindy Dale is with us today to discuss how we can revitalize ourselves simply by drawing from the energetic sources of the net of nature and light. Cindy, thank you for being here today. I am thrilled to be here and congratulations to your son and my son also celebrated a graduation uh, last weekend from college. So, oh my um, gosh. I know. Well, he's still in baseball, so he's actually got two more years to go because he's not going to quit until he's done with baseball. So, um, but it's, it is so important, like you're saying, everyday peace, everyday celebrations. I mean, sometimes we should just applaud ourselves because we got through the day, right? And we get to go to bed at night. Isn't that amazing? Yes. I mean, every, we don't, we so often don't pay enough attention to these small achievements that we make every day. And it's those small achievements that make huge um, differences in our life, right? We need to stop and, and 
they, they make gigantic roses. differences. And, yeah. you know, especially after a year, year and a half of all this, we're sort of, you know, kind of looking for the, you know, the, the line in the sand to say we're done with this and it keeps moving just a little bit out of our grasp. So I think the answer is in the small, not always the great. Oh, I love it. The answer is in the small, not always the great, because it is these small movements, consistent small movements, and we are all making them every day, I promise you. And those small movements end up having the most impact on our lives. So we're talking about burnout today, and I don't think there's anyone least of all me, who who does not know or is not familiar with burnout, but just in case we have that lucky person that's a listening in the listening audience. Cindy, what is burnout and what causes it? I think we are all burnt out. However, definition-wise, you know, it's exhaustion. It's, you know, it's how we feel after we've been through prolonged and, and especially unusual stress. So we've we find we're more burned out than other times when we're meeting a new situation and we're trying to deal with it with old attitudes or opinions or habits. And we just can't do that. You know, we're in a new world. We don't know what type of world yet. It's still settling. The dust is still settling. So are the spring rains. You know, and so that's when I think we really feel that fatigue. And I don't know about you, but for some t- sometimes for me, that's the kind of fatigue where I sit there and I go, can I really do this? Do I have what it takes to meet the next stage? We do. We have it, but we don't have to come up with it all by ourselves. I mean, nature holds a lot of what we need because we're made out of nature and nature's made out of us. So we have our best friend, you know, kind of sort of right outside the door. Oh, I love that. I love the fact that you know, we all can relate to asking ourselves that question, do I have what it takes to be successful here or to do to do the next thing and the answer is overwhelmingly yes you do right and 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 even more importantly or just importantly is is that that something is in step with how we are designed to be in flow with nature in flow of nature and something popped in my head talking about you know it's really what happens when we, we get burned out. We're trying to solve new situations with old tactics, right? And we're looking to that piece. And as you were talking, that the first that popped in my head was, you know, we're trying to put new wine in old wine skins. And it's time to develop something new and move in something new. So I love that. I love that. So the, the subtle energy bodies that we exchange, talk about that. Like um, when we're talking about, you know, our place in nature and, and and how we can use this this relationship with nature to help us to adapt better. Well, we always feel better when we go outside, don't we? I mean, just yes. to get our physical body outside. And uh, there's science that shows that if we're around trees and forests and babbling brooks, we actually through our bodies absorb negative ions are also called vitamins in the air um, that, that you know, better our immune system, decrease our cortisol and lower our blood pressure. But, you know, sometimes we can't get outside. <laughs> sometimes we're on Zoom all day long. <laughs> so, so what's really fascinating is to know that besides going outside, getting in real light, 
sunlight or starlight. We can also work through our subtle body. And the subtle body is actually 99% of our body. So you look at an object, 99% of that object is made out of subtle energy. All that means is it's invisible energy. It's energy that's not really bound by time and space. And so most of us has this beautiful relationship going separate from our conscious mind, right? We're feeling, you know, kind of the trill of the robin three blocks away. And we're able to sense the starlight even under all that artificial light at night. And we're picking up messages from friends of ours, uh, you know, kind of thousands and thousands of miles away because we have a subtle body. It's made out of light and sound. Most of it we can't see, though we're we're really improving our scientific ability to prove. We have these fields of energies, these energy centers, these channels of energy moving through us. But most of us really operates with what we tend to think of as intangible. So you don't always have to go outside to connect with what outside has to offer us. We use the light and sound that we're made out of and bring it on in. Oh, that is so interesting, being able to use these subtle energies within us to connect. But I want to back up just a little bit. You mentioned going outside and a few weeks ago on our show, maybe a few months ago, we had this topic on about grounding. And it seems like that would be closely related to what you're talking about as well, is that that could be a way to um, some of this natural light energy and energy from the ground and to help stabilize us. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, it totally ties in. So grounding is really to connect with the earth. And when you connect to the earth, you connect to all the elements of it in the cosmos. And you can think about your feet connected to the earth. You can put your feet like in the dirt in Minnesota. I am from Minnesota. I heard you announce that in the beginning of the session. You know, it would have to be snow half the time, but that's called earthing when you actually get your physical body like the trees do down into the ground. There's also a really wonderful and scientifically studied process uh, called forest bathing. And studies decades ago over in Japan proved that forest bathing gives you these negative ions or these these beautiful vitamins in the air, lowers your blood pressure, de-stresses you, activates your intuition. Columbia University actually says the same thing. Um, that if you and it's not like you go out, you don't have to go out there naked, okay? And <laughs> just bathe in a tree, you know, in a in a grove of trees. Just just walking or being around trees or moving water, you know, is enough to give you all these health benefits. So talk about burnout. What are you going to do to recharge if you can get outside? Go outside. Get grounded in real life, or visualize yourself getting grounded or visualize a tree, or you know what, take a shower or run your faucet. You you have a, a child. I have children. You may have more than one. But I remember, and I don't know if you were told to do this when my boys were really little. I was told when they were fussy, like which they were every night. I mean, it was never during the day, right? It's when you're trying yeah. to sleep. Like get them up and uh, run the faucet, and they would calm down. That's an a way to make negative ions. It's very soothing and very calming. And if we're going to deal with burnout, because we do have to get up and keep going, 
these are some of the processes we can use to re-energize. You are saying some wonderful things, and you know, a lot of this is intuitive, I think, because I, no one ever told me this daughter was a very, very fussy baby. And um, I used, and it was always, she would start after dinner always. And it was very, very difficult to get her to settle down. And I would go, or my husband would go and we'd, you know, close off the space in the bathroom and we'd run water. We'd play like a little light jazz or something, but the sound of the water would be the dominant sound. And as long as we stayed in that bathroom with the door closed and the uh, the water running and a little light music playing she was fine but it took us a while to figure that out that nothing else really worked and it was the sound of that running water so there is something about that and I love this phrase I hadn't heard this before forest bathing and it sounds like like you said you don't have to get naked and run in the forest but if that's your thing we're not judging and but um it just sounds like you're just having to be in you know in an area surrounded by trees and the energy that comes off of that that natural uh i guess flow of the trees for lack of a better term but that in that natural environment is what is considered um forest bathing is that correct it is, yeah, and you don't even have to move if you don't want to. It's not equivalent to binge-watching Netflix and eating potato chips <laughs> because when you're not doing this in a natural way or with moving water, you're dealing with positive ions, which actually cause more uh, anxiety and depression. But honestly, Columbia University did a study of forest bathing, getting out there sunlight, air, moving in energy, and they showed that it was just as relieving to depression as antidepressants and actually protected against germs in the air. So I think one tree is good enough. Like if you live in Brooklyn and you just got one tree, go near the one tree, right? Just maybe shake the leaves a little bit so there's some movement happening. But, um, you know, you can also just visualize that you're around trees or moving water, or even natural sunlight, to be honest, because that too will decrease your stress and improve your, you know, kind of sense of, of, of yourself. There are studies, I think this is so fascinating, that show that visualization is gives you almost the same effects as if you actually did a maneuver, like as if you actually exercised. Uh, I mean, it's not really an excuse to not exercise or never go outside, but you still produce a lot of the same effects hormonally and in your nervous system and in your muscles. So, you know, there are days when you really can't get outside or you live in a condo or, you know, I've worked with a lot of elderly people who, especially during COVID, could not or would not go outside. And so, I would tell them, just visualize yourself. You're at that lake, you're at the ocean, or look at a picture postcard of a jungle or a forest, or, you know, open up your windows and get the natural sunlight in. Because we don't have to do this perfectly. We can also use our imagination and produce a lot of the same effects. That's the subtle energy. That's how subtle energy works. Oh, I love, you've said some magical things right here. Using our imagination to create the reality that we want. And the reality that we're talking about today is uh, reducing burnout, reducing that feeling of being burnt out, reducing that feeling of being overwhelmed. And 
using our imagination, which is such a powerful, powerful, powerful tool. So if you're unable to get out amongst, as Cindy says, even one tree or, you know, to get out. Um, I used to live in a little apartment years ago and I used to like to do uh, plant in little pots, clay pots and things of that nature. And I always felt so much more refreshed when I did that, you know, just having my hand in that potted soil and things of that nature really, really helped me to kind of reconnect with myself and with nature. But, you know, this using your imagination, because you're absolutely right. I read this some years ago about someone who was studying or learning to become a better baseball player. You mentioned your son is playing baseball. And what the coach had them do was to visualize, just sit for hours. And they just were part of the study maybe. And they were doing this visualization and their batting averages and what they did in the baseball diamond and out in the field improved dramatically through these series of just sitting and imagining this. So uh, you can imagine probably some of the most beautiful gardens or most beautiful forest ever you know these enchanted forests and they're so beautiful you can have that in your imagination and what we're learning today if i'm understanding you right cindy we could really re-regulate our nervous system just by this um exposure to this imagine wonderful imagination you can and you know some of us aren't visual i am but some people aren't a lot of people are kinesthetic or more verbal so you can chant you know kind of a poem about trees or just Feel a tree around her. Like you said, you had pots of plants. I have rocks everywhere in my house. Hold a rock. Close your eyes. Pretend you're at the seaside. Uh, I have sand in my paint in the walls. <laughs> I put I put sand right in the paint because I want to be in and around nature, and I know that sand is very reflective. So we can get very imaginative about how we bring nature into our lives. If you can just feel that you're in, you know, kind of a babbling brook. And even if you can't picture it, if you can imagine yourself there and feel it, you get the same effects. Yeah, and we and we do know that there and, and everything that you're saying sounds so wonderful and it sounds so user friendly, like this is something we could do. We don't have to be to have access to thousands and thousands of dollars to do or technology to do. In fact, I love what you mentioned is that positive ions and just so we're clear on that, positive ions are things that we're getting from like our computer screens, our cell phones. If if I'm understanding that correctly, yes. um, can actually enhance um, the feeling of anxiety and depression. So this this there is this nervous thing that even I have done at times when you you know your mood is going down. There's a tendency to grab your phone and kind of zone out, but it's actually having a reverse effect. It's it's keeping you in that state of um, anxiety or overwhelmness. It is, and it actually, like when you get the blue light off of a screen, it actually decreases your ability to make melatonin, so you're not going to sleep very well. And so we got to watch some of these things. That's what positive ions are doing. So, you know, we, we have to use our computers. We use our cell phones, maybe turn them off at night or put them in another room. And for a very few numbers of dollars, even on Amazon, you can buy these amber glasses that when you're working on your computer will cut out that blue light. So we can use different kinds of light, too. For instance, just, you know, yellow light or yellow colors will will treat depression. Low lighting makes us more relaxed. If you use warm light bulbs, you know, rather than cool ones, it actually encourages conflict resolution. So there's tons of data on the Internet 
you know, I'm not the only expert. There's lots of people out there. You can make some very small changes. And you know what? You are going to feel more motivated. That burnout can feel like just, a, you know, a stage of the past. Oh, and you know, and I know we're running out of time, so I want to ask, there's so many questions that I have for you. And before we at least one more question, tell our listeners how they can connect. You've written so many books. You're so available. This information that you have is useful. How can we connect with you? It's super easy. It's just through my website. It's cindydale.com, spelled weird like Cindy Lopper. I just want to have fun, too. C-Y. N-D-I-D-A-L-E.com. Very easy. And there's like, I think there's even some free downloads on my site, you know, kind of like for dealing with COVID and some of those things. So, um, you know, so just check out the site and sign up for the newsletter. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for that. And if you mentioned this light therapy, and we've heard, heard a lot about light therapy, you know, in the past for treating depression and things of that nature. And you to just a moment ago about the amber light that increases the melatonin so uh, to help with sleep and there's i gotta tell you as a pharmacist for over 30 years one of the number things that i used to hear talk about patients suffering from is insomnia so if you could do yourself a favor and get some of these um amber light glasses or what have you and just to help aid you in getting some addition some better sleep it would do wonders for your entire body and your mood but what are some other um colors that people could think about for maybe depression and mental health well you know red light is actually going to boost you if you have to get something done use red light or i always tell people put on red underwear if you have to be effective during the day too. Oh, it's like a red power tie. Yes. Yeah, there you are. It works. It does. It, I mean, it honestly works. You know, uh, purple light's going to reduce your emotional and mental stress. Green light is very physically beneficial. It enables your growth hormones and boosts your immune system. So I think that's like a, a fantastic, you know, kind of awareness to have. You know, and just in general, get natural light. And, you know, people even suffer these days from what they call light pollution, where you go out at night and there's too many artificial lights and you can't see the stars. That's called light pollution. So every so often, get you to a pasture or a mountain or, you know, kind of away from the city lights at night and just let the stars come down. That too is a really important way to boost your mood. Oh, yes. And you know what? And it's a beautiful feeling. I happened to be in upstate New York a few years ago and looked up at the sky and I thought I was on another planet. It was just amazing and so soothing. Our fabulous guest today has been Cindy Dale. Thank you for enlightening us on how to decrease our stress level naturally. Thank you. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Drayvon James, and I am super excited for this portion of the show. Today, we're going to be uh, talking about a topic that is near and dear 
the heart because it's so prevalent. I, I coach people and it always comes up topic of fear. And sometimes it's disguised, really, it's really sneaky the way fear is. Sometimes people will just not be so comfortable with saying that they are afraid. And they'll talk a lot about being stressed. And we heard our guest earlier, Cindy Dale, talking about being overwhelmed and burned out. And I would submit to you that even in that, there is a, um, there is some fear in that. Some fear, so fear is a is an emotion that we don't really have a handle on. And I'm glad to talk about it and teach about it and reinforce um, its presence or its usefulness in my own life. So did you know that fear is a natural emotion, right? And so as we think about emotions and you know, I know none of us wants to feel those bad emotions, but could you imagine having a life with no emotions? You just were kind of blah, kind of, you know, going along with no emotions. I don't think any of us would want that. So there are a rainbow of emotions and it happens to be one of us. And it is quite natural to experience fear and everyone, absolutely everyone experiences fear. So if you're experiencing any fear right now, I want you to know that you are not alone. And I want to give you some statistics. 33% of Americans admit that fear of failure is the reason they haven't started their business. They would have done it, but they are just too afraid. So many people want to be in a romantic relationship, but there was a study done by the Today Show and AOL that revealed that 33% of the people who want to be in a relationship fear being alone. And while I know on the surface, that sounds like these people who fear being alone would get into quick lasting solid relationships so that they could prevent being alone. But what we see is quite the opposite, that this fear of being alone is inhibiting their ability to get into relationships with other people because they are fearful of a relationship with themselves, right? So this, that is so important. This fear permeates their relationship with other people. So they have this fear and it isolates them from being in a committed relationship with someone else. And then still there are 38% of the population who have health-related fears associated with aging. So fear, when we talk about everyday peace, we say we, we approach life with a pyramid mindset, right? Health, wealth, and relationship. And we can see that on all three sides of this pyramid, there are a significant number of the population who are admitting that they do suffer from regular fears in this area. So um, fear has a purpose, however. When we hear the word fear, it doesn't mean that we're weak or incapable of handling what life um, throws at us. Fear is meant to keep us safe. It's not meant, however, to keep us from pursuing our dreams of starting businesses, for example, or, or stepping out into a new venture and trying something new or um, getting into a relationship or even aging. Fear is, that's not the purpose of fear is to have us afraid of those things. Fear is designed to keep us safe, not to stop us from pursuing our dreams and passions. And so a few months ago, we have had a fabulous guest on the show by the name of Rubel Chani. And he said something that I really, really loved when he was talking about fear. He said that at best, fear is like a trusted advisor. And I like that because that's the part of fear when it's at its best, that's working on our best behalf. It helps to make sure that we're making good decisions and seeing all of the risk. We can see that without fear, we may lose that protection, that protective uh, trusted advisor because fear is the thing that says, oh, you know, don't run out into the 
street without, you know, looking both ways for traffic, or it tells you to maybe look over your finances before you retire. Not that you shouldn't retire, just kind of look over your finances. It's an advisor that says, I'd like to take have you look over this and look over that. And that's what it's supposed to do for us. We are, um, however, living in a heightened season of fear. There's so much fear around us. You know, number one fear probably for everyone is the pandemic. Right. And now and, and then when the pandemic, you know, we, we got the vaccine, then there were vaccine related fears. I'm sure most of us could relate to hearing those in the news media and perhaps even amongst some of our close friends, the vaccine. People are afraid of, of of the unknown. And now, you know, that we see parts of America starting to reopen. I know in Maryland, where I am, that is um, imminent that we are going to reopen and that restrictions are being uh, relaxed. There is reopening process. People are afraid of that and what that means and what they'll be exposed to. There's all kinds of fear. I opened up the show talking about, you know, graduation. And I happen to be one of those moms who is now officially in just a few days going to be an empty nester, right? And there's fear of being an empty nester because you've been doing I'm patting myself on the back here, but <laughs> you've been doing such a great job parenting for all these years. And all of a sudden it's just you know, gone, vanished. And then there's that fear. And then for graduates, right, who are um, venturing out into something new, whether they're leaving high school and venturing out to college or leaving college and venturing out to the workforce or even leaving elementary school and venturing into the world of middle school, there are fears of that, that transition. And so my purpose today in, in this discussion about fear is not to tell us how we're going to deal with every fear, right? because that would not be the best use of our time. It kind of reminds me of that old adage, if you teach a person to um, to fish, they'll eat forever. If you give them a fish, however, they'll only eat for one day. We want to learn how to, how, how to utilize fear and how to, um, how to be productive with it. Because as I mentioned earlier, fear is a part of the emotional rainbow. It's there for a reason. We've kind of let it go rogue in our life and let it take on different parts of our journey that it shouldn't be on, right? It shouldn't be there stopping us from trying new ventures or stopping us from pursuing the love interest or stopping us from pursuing our passion or even fearing aging, as I mentioned earlier. Fear is really there to protect us from, um, I call it, there's tangible fear and intangible fears, right? We have to decide whether or not these fears that we're having are tangible or intangible. And a tangible fear would be those things that are um, like imminent physical harm, you know, um, running, running at night without, this was my experience a couple of weeks ago, I was driving at night and there was a runner in the road and they were dressed in all black. It was black outside and they were, you know, they didn't have on any light colors and no fluorescent colors. And fear is a part of our brain that says, hey, you know, for the driver, for me as the driver, this is a windy road. Be careful. You never know. There could be deer out here. And lo and behold, not a deer, but a human running. And it also tells us, you know, when we're out there uh, and we're the person who is engaged in the activity of, um, running. Maybe I'll put on something light or I'll make sure I'm on the sidewalk or this or that to keep ourselves safe. That's more of a tangible fear. But then there are these intangible fears, you know, that say the what life, you know, what if this happens? You know, I I think we all find that sometimes we're in this space of thinking about the what ifs that haven't even happened. I know I have to catch myself. Sometimes I'll be thinking about 
something and I'll, I'll go to the extreme of the worst that could happen. You know, you know, what if, what if my son leaves for college and I can't figure out how to do anything on the computer without him, which could be a real, a, a real uh, reality for me. He is such a, a help with the computer, but you, you understand my meaning is that we can get so trapped in our mind with the what ifs of life. And it can paralyze us. And fear is not meant to do that. It did not come to paralyze us. It came to keep us safe, but it has become overworked in our mind. And as I'm talking, I'm reminded there is, um, and I can say this here with our listening audience, because you guys will really understand this. There is uh, a part in the Bible where it says in 2 Timothy that we're not given a spirit of fear. That is not what we're, we're not giving a spirit of fear, which means fear is not supposed to take over our life. It has a purpose. It has a purpose to protect us from dangerous situations, right? It's not supposed to take over our life where it immobilizes us and keeps us stuck. We are powerful and we have power over the type of fear that seeks to immobilize us. You know, that type of fear that says that, you know, you can't leave your house or you, you have so much stress that you can't sleep at night. That type of fear is not that's not the purpose of fear. So there are options on how we deal with fear. And I'm going to get to some of these tips. We got some callers on the line. So I'm going to get to these callers and we're going to talk about some tips on what we do so that we're in a position where we're using fear to help optimize our life and get to our next level of greatness, as opposed to allowing fear to control us and keep us trapped you know, and, and preventing us out really from living our our life at, at our highest level. So we're going to grab this caller and we'll get to that discussion. Hello, you're on the air at Everyday Peace. And our topic today is fear. Did you have a question or comment? Oh, yes, Dr. James. <clears throat> Great topic because your first guest talked about, um, she talked about sort of dealing with fear and, and not being not being overwhelmed and how to do stuff naturally. And so she talked about um, the concept of visualization. And I want to proffer that she talked about visualization from a positive vein, but we often, um, we often visualize things from a negative vein as well. Hold on. Yeah, give me a second. So we, so we often, so yeah, so, so what I was saying is that how, it's not really a question, but more of a comment. So if we can, if, if, do you think that one of the reasons why we, we visualize from the negative is because we're inundated with so much information and a lot of that information is designed to keep us on edge and wondering what's going to happen next. Like I'll give you an example of the pandemic. So constantly, if you bombard yourself with what's going on with the pandemic, and somebody says this, and somebody says that, and you're constantly on edge, and you're worried, and you're worried, and you're worried, and then you visualize the negative, and you visualize the negative, and then it continues, and continues, and continues, and you just continue, you create this whole concept of negative fear. Because I like what you said about fear. Fear is good. If you're an athlete, and you, you know, you have a little bit of fear of the opponent, but not to the point where you are, um, you know, you're immobilized, but it, it rises you to greater heights. Michael Jordan used to talk about that. So I guess I'm kind of rambling on, but how do we use, how do we use visualization to get rid of the negative visualization that we create partly within ourselves and partly by what we're 
inundated with. And there are some things that you just can't get away from. You can turn off the TV, but if you work with other people, you're going to hear it. If you um, listen to the radio, you're going to hear it. You know, so how do we how do we do that? How do we take your concepts of everyday peace along with uh, Ms. Dale's concepts of visualization and create a climate for ourselves that minimizes that negative fear? Oh, that is a wonderful question. You said so much in that com in that question is that first of all, visualization and, and you're right, our previous guest talked about visualization. A lot of times if you really, really pay attention, this is where awareness is so very important. A lot of times we have created such a harmful story, such a painful story, such a story filled of lack and despair in our own mind. That's the story. That's the bedtime story or the lifetime story that we're telling ourselves. You know, we're constantly looking at life as the glass half empty. Right? So we are perpetually scaring ourselves. We are in this position of, you know, how, you know, it's like we're playing, playing this game. How scary can the story get? And when we do that, I like to work with my clients and say, so you're at this extreme and you've told yourself this horrible story about life. And, and we're just talking about visualization because if you've told yourself that story, you can tell yourself another story. And so there's this, this game, tell yourself the worst story. If that's where you are, whatever the story that you're telling yourself, that has got your heart racing. You can't sleep at night. You know, you hardly can eat and then tell yourself the complete opposite, but go to the extreme of the complete opposite, make it so big and so beautiful that your mind is stretched in some kind of way. Your mind is says to yourself, says, because this is how skeptical we are, right? The mind says, oh, something that great could never happen. But the opposite happens too. The mind also says, oh, something that horrible could never happen either. And so you settle in the middle somewhere. And, you, and, and these are games that we have to, we have to really work at being first here and then doing this because we visualize and we imagine all day long. It's just that we're not, we don't do it consciously. And you're in the, to your second point about how much is of this, is it because we're exposed to so much, so much lack conversation all day long. The only thing we're told that there is abundance of is stress, right? But anything good, we're told that there's a, there's a lack of healthy people. You know, in the beginning, they told us there was a lack of the vaccine. There was not, right? <laughs> they, they told us all of, all of these things about lack, 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 lack. And so our brain automatically, because it doesn't want to be, you know, isolated or away from or strange from mainstream society, it joins right in there and says, okay, the tribe believes in lack. And so therefore I believe in lack. Right. Right now people actually believe that there is no gas when that's not true. And so the narrative gets created and people are panicking and acting crazy. Oh man. We've got to, and it's nice to be informed. There's nothing wrong with being informed. We have to be informed as thinking adults, right? And knowing that, you know, here is the story that has been told me. This is my belief in that. And, and this is where going in right, such the right direction right now, because the belief is this, and it has to be this, because we, whatever's happening right now, my brain is intelligent enough because it is at best a trusted advisor. So my brain is intelligent enough to help me develop a strategy, a plan of next action, right? That, that we trust in that, right? And then the universe is loving enough that it cares for me. 
no matter what this looks like, I know that I have had challenges before. And heck, if you're a person who's never had challenges before, you know somebody who's had challenges before, right? And you know that they're still here. They're still talking about those past challenges, which makes them what? The victor over those challenges. And so you know that these cha these challenges, what is the reason for these challenges? It is not so we could be immobilized by fear. That's not why this is happening to us. This is happening, you know, far, it's outside of our control, but what is what is some of the, the goodness that we could take from this happening? And one of the things is that we could take from it is that I am to use this for my own growth and development so that I can get to my next level of greatness because guess what happens when you get to your next level of greatness? You are at your next level of service, which means you're able to provide service, to be a help to someone in some way, in some capacity. And that's really what this journey is all about, is each one teach one, each one reach one, each one stand up for the next person in some way, in some capacity. So it's all about us using those challenges and using fear for what it's meant to do. It's, you know, I talked about is protecting us. But when we get that fear, when we say, okay, this is an intangible um, a danger. And we'll talk about the danger. There are dangers. I didn't talk about a little earlier, but since we're here on the line, um, you know, there are things that are dangerous that we should have some healthy fear about, right? I know when my kids were small, the stove was something that I taught about, right? Because they're not tall enough to do, to reach the light switch, but they're tall enough to turn on the stove, right? And so there was a stove. And this, I talked about the stove, right? This is a potential source of danger. Now, should you be afraid of the stove? No, we're not afraid of the stove, but we but we learn that if this could be a potential source of danger, so it's it could be dangerous, and we have this healthy sense of, I have a trusted advisor that says when I deal with the stove, which can present danger, this is how this is the appropriate way. So that's using fear in a health in a healthy way, right? An unhealthy way of using fear would say that um, I don't go in the kitchen anymore because there's something dangerous in there. Right. That's unhealthy use of fear. Right. Right. It's like, OK, you've got you've taken it to the extreme, to the extreme. And so we want to be very, very um, not we want to be very, very much aware. We listening to the media and constantly being bombarded with the message of there is not enough goodness in the world. There is not enough resources in the world. You're not safe. We're not safe. There's not enough kindness. It can put us in a constant state of of fear, unhealthy fear, and utilizing fear to immobilize us, right? Yeah, I appreciate that, bringing that up. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, well, I don't want to pop my eyes all the time. I want to hear some more of what you have to say, but thank you for taking my call. Another great show, as usual. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being an everyday peacemaker. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hello, you're on the air with Dr. Drayvon James. Our topic today is fear. Did you have a comment or question? Okay, I will just put that call on hold. We'll come back if they um, want to say, but I do want to just go back and talk about, as I promised I would, what, what do we do with this fear? How, you know, First of all, if you're experiencing fear, there should be no shame, guilt, or condemnation. Why? Because I told you fear is a natural emotion. Everyone, including myself and everybody I know, and you know too, will experience fear during this life's journey. Fear is designed to be 
to keep us safe. And when we do experience fear that is um, fear that's immobilizing us, there are some things that we can do when we realize that, hey, you know, as I mentioned, 33% of the people are unable to open a business, even though they got a great idea and it would be great for the for the for the world. They're unable to do it because they fear failure. What do we do with that type of fear? What do we do if you want to be in a relationship, but you're so afraid of, of loneliness that you are permeating that into your into your social life or you're so afraid of aging and the illnesses of aging that you can't that you can't enjoy the natural progression of life well number one thing for dealing with fear and i'm going to give you three steps the first one is to recognize whether the danger is real or if it's something that's imagined right i talked about that tangible or intangible um, danger the brain is a is good at generating fear but not so good at distinguishing between real danger and imagined danger. A real danger, as I mentioned, could be the pandemic, right? Keeping yourself safe during a pandemic, driving too fast during uh, inclement weather. Those are real dangers, right? And imagined danger is a fear of embarrassment, a fear of failure, a fear of the future. Those things are not real, right? We don't know. We don't know um, what the future is going to be. Why should we be afraid of it now? So those are intangible fears, imagined fears. So First, recognize whether the fear is a real fear or an imagined fear. Imagined danger is directly linked to the story that you are telling yourself about people being laughing at you and being embarrassed, right? Or fear of failure. That happens. That's your internal story that's telling you that. Recognize that. That's the first step. Just recognize, is this fear categorized as a tangible, real fear, or is it an intangible, imagined fear? If you determine that it's a real danger, step two would be uh, use your brain and your resources to create a plan or a strategy that allows you to minimize the risk associated with the danger, right? And, you know, uh, team up with people, get help from other people, resources to do that. Um, some of the things that we did to team up for the real danger of the pandemic were hand washing, wearing masks, social distancing, quarantine. That was associated with us devising a plan to strategize against the real fear of the pandemic. But if you determine that the risk is an imagined risk, this is really good news because guess what I told you? That imagined fear or risk or danger, that happens to do with the story that we're telling ourselves. Become creative. Tell yourself a new story. This is why I love journaling. Start to write out a new story associated with that fear. You don't have to believe it. Just write it and start reading it over and over again. Retrain your brain. And then thirdly, confidence. Confidence is a great way to deal with fear. Confidence means thinking about a time when you were afraid of something in the past or and it was really bothering you and you are still here. You had triumph over that thing. And whether or not it had the end result that you wanted to have, I say that you had triumph over it because you are still here. It wasn't the end of you. You are still here. You can make different decisions. As the young people say, you're still making moves, right? You can make different decisions. You can decide the course of your life. So realizing that just because you feared a thing in the past, it may or may not have had the desired results, but it didn't overtake you by ending your life. You were the victor over that. You were victorious because that challenge did not defeat you. 
because you are still here to tell your story and you survived and worked through it. And that is really the way that we are meant to deal with fear. Fear is meant, meant to two things, either keep us safe or challenge us to our next level of greatness. And this is what we do. This is the magic of everyday peace, of taking this energy, this fear energy, and being able to transmute this into useful energy in our lives. You know, in everyday peace, we say that we use everything that shows up in our life, the good, the bad, the in-between, and the fear to help get us to our next level of greatness. And we, we this, these are conscious activities that we do because our light is worth developing a routine, a practice that gets us to our next level of greatness. It would be so easy, but it's not going to happen. I can tell you if we could just sit on the sidelines and let somebody else do all of our thinking and all of our planning. And as our caller said, let, let the media tell us um, what we should be afraid of. And there's, I have nothing against the media. I absolutely love the work that they do, but we are responsible for the life that we are living. Right. And I started off earlier and I mentioned that this this verse keeps coming to my mind. And I, I just have to say it because I want you guys to really stand. And it's second Timothy, um, verse one, chapter one, verse seven. And it's in the universal book of the Bible. But you can find these principles everywhere. It's just a universal principle if you don't subscribe to using the Bible. But I want to pull it from there because it's on my mind right now. Um, it says, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, a spirit here means that fear is not supposed to overtake you. It has a place in your life. And that place is to protect you where you are or to leverage your next level of greatness. Living in that space is where you're going to be able to live your life of peace, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. I am Dr. Drayvon James. I absolutely love you. Go out and embrace today. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.